That is more like it. The Boston Celtics get the win over the Philadelphia 76ers. Jalen Brown was awesome. I'll tell you why Joel Embiid coming back is good for Boston and why this feels like a Celtics-Philly series. It's all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rainy J's, how it started, raising banners, how we finish. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network where it's your team every day and I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast dropped directly to your device for you subscribers. So hop on whichever app you use, subscribe to the show, get the show delivered right to you, watch the show on YouTube as well, ring the bell, get notified when I drop a video, hop into the comments section, tons of comments, top tons of uh, Sixers fans. I almost forgot. I wanted to say Lakers fans for a second. Same thing. Tons of Sixers fans in there. Uh, Hop in. uh, Go back and forth. Uh, Probably not going to be talking a lot, uh, those Sixers fans, after the Boston Celtics win 121-87. to A thorough domination that really got broken open in the second half, but really felt like the Celtics were in control to some degree for the whole game. And I, I think that this is uh, a pretty solid kind of indication of the Celtics and, and how they, how they can play in this series, especially with Embiid starting. In fact, later on, I'll talk about in the second segment, why Joel Embiid being back is actually good for Boston, especially this Joel Embiid. And later on, some of the other individual performances, that we saw. Uh, but first, let's just start with this defense. The defensive effort was my big takeaway from this game that the Celtics uh, played uh, finally in the playoffs a, a tremendous defensive game, a defense first game. We talked yesterday about how uh, Joe Mazzulla's comments and, and all season long really have shown that this is this Celtics team is a, an offense first team. This is an offense, offense first get the three-pointers. Joe Mazzulla said uh, the other day at practice, uh, we control the game better with our offensive execution. But this this has historically been a defense-first team. And this this what we saw in this game tells you why that should be the case. And really, honestly, it's more of a balance. It's, hey, you run good offense and – that helps your defense because you run good offense, you're going to make shots more often than not. Then you can go back and set your defense. You're not cross-matched. You're not running. You're not scrambling, right? You're not trying to defend in transition. Other guys, other teams have the advantage in transition. So when the Celtics run good offense like they did in this game, that helps their defense by letting them go back and set their defense. Then when their defense is set and they can pick up like Jalen Brown, Start with Jalen Brown, because this was Jalen Brown's night. Jalen Brown not only scored 25 points to lead the Celtics, he picked up James Harden right away and was up on James Harden right away. Played tremendous defense this entire game. This is is peak Jalen Brown in this game. 
when you can get back and set yourself after mostly made baskets, you can, you can say, all right, Jalen is picking up James Harden. That's the matchup we want. And they were getting the matchups they want. So the good offense lets you set your defense. And then when the defense is set, guess what happens? More likely to get the other team to miss. More likely that you're going to force turnovers. More likely that the defense is going to work and you get to get out in transition. You get to to, uh, get easier shots. So it's a constant kind of perpetual motion machine. Defense helps the offense. The offense helps the defense. But you got to execute both at a high level. And the Celtics executed both at a very high level in this game. Uh, the defense was key to the, the big stretch, the, the game changing stretch in the third quarter. I, I tweeted out, uh, I have it over here uh, at nine 40, nine 40 PM. Uh, Derek white hit a three pointer with the Celtics up 13. This was a critical point. There was about four minutes to go in the, in the third quarter. It was still about a 13-point game. This is right around the danger zone where it could go one way or the other. Philly finishes strong, 13-point lead. You just cut that in half, and it's a six-point lead, seven-point lead. Then the whole fourth quarter dynamic changes. Or you could do what the Celtics did, pile it on. And I tweeted out, big three from White there to keep keep the lead uh, uh, at 16. Got to finish strong. And then by 9.45, five real-time minutes later, it's a three-point barrage now. They're falling for everyone. The lead is up to 29, and the building is exploding. So it did not take very long for the Celtics to turn the game into a laugh or a blowout. But the key thing in that stretch they hit five three-pointers. They hit seven three-pointers in the third quarter. They hit five in that stretch, the final four-plus minutes or so. Three of those were off of stops, turnover, missed shots. So three, six, nine, boom. All of a sudden, your, your 13-point lead gets to 22. Now you're feeling it. Now it doesn't matter if they're set. You work that ball around. You get a couple of more three-pointers, and the whole thing starts to starts to pile up. So that's where defense first, defense helps the offense. That stretch uh, in the third quarter to close the third quarter. First of all, finishing a quarter strong, critically important. They did that. Running off of defensive stops, scoring off of defensive stops. They did that. Getting back, setting your defense, uh, making sure that the guys that can hurt you don't hurt you. They did that. Just overall, top to bottom, this is exactly what you would hope for from the Boston Celtics. And I wrote on Boston Sports Journal, did I introduce myself at the top? I didn't, did I? John Corrales, covered the team for Boston Sports Journal, used to play once upon a time. Hey, new listeners, that's who I am. Regular listeners, love you. The people coming up to me at the Garden, I love it. Um... I, I post game shows. I'm so, I'm so prone to forgetting things at the top because I just want to dive into what's going on with, uh, with this game. But, uh, the Celtics did just a, a great job overall. Uh, they held the Sixers to a 91.6 offensive rating, 91.6 points per 100 possessions, uh, with their defense in this game. In game one, it was 129. Point three, 
129.3. Celtics won this thing. When you look at the margins, they won uh, the bench. The bench outscored theirs by almost 30, 54 to 26. The Celtics took 13 more shots. They took 21 more three-pointers. They made 14 more three-pointers. They had slight edges and points in the paint, fast break points, second chance points. They didn't let Philly get going in any of those areas. Defensively, they did the job. And when you look at the the box score and you see James Harden, 12 points on 2 of 14 shooting. He got to the line 10 times, but 2 of 14 shooting and he missed all of his three-pointers. Tyrese Maxey, who had 20, what, 5, 23 in that last game, 13, 6 of 14 shooting. Limit him. Tobias Harris, 16. You limited him. DeAnthony Melton, who had 17 points and was 5 of 5 from 3, 0 for 2 from 3. They limited everybody else. The only person who hit more than one three-pointer for the Sixers was Tobias Harris, who was 2 of 5. Everyone else only hit one. Tucker was one of one. Maxie was one of four. Yang was one of two. McDaniels was one of three. They were six of 30 overall from three. Meanwhile, the Celtics were 20 of 51. There's there's your difference. There's your difference right there. And I got I to gotta shout out Joe Mazzula after the game for clarifying. This is the point of clarification that everybody has been waiting for. After the game, he, he was asked about, you must be happy about getting up 51 three-pointers and taking 21 more. And he said, I'm happy with the threes that we got. I'm, I'm happy with how we got them. Um, I, I don't like taking them just for, you know, jacking threes just for the sake of jacking up threes, which, oh, wow. <laughs> it's nice to hear that clarification from Joe Missoula because I feel like a lot of people might think, yeah, he just wants them to jack up threes for the sake of taking threes does not. Um, and I, I think that's, that should have been clearer, but it's the first time he's actually come out and said that, uh, let's get into the matchup here and why I think Joel Embiid on the floor, Joel Embiid played in this game and he did not play well. Why I think that's a good thing for the Celtics that he's back. First, let's talk about eBay motors for a championship team. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, easy to bring home a win when all the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts with the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. want to thank you for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Tomorrow, I'll be back with, uh, I'll get Tom Westerholm on. We will talk about the Celtics, uh, kind of the stuff that I'm, I, I might not get to in this, game, in this game. I will be in Philly starting tomorrow, and we'll, we'll kind of break things down, maybe answer a couple of your mailbag questions while we're at it. Uh, one thing that, that really just stood out to me in this game was 
how having Embiid back. Well, first of all, this is this wasn't really this wasn't really Joel Embiid. This was a guy who looked like Joel Embiid and who was as big as Joel Embiid, uh, who was uh, big enough to fall on Marcus Smart and nearly crush the poor guy. But with Embiid out there, honestly, the Celtics just match up better with the Sixers with Embiid out there. Game one was such an aberration that five outs, uh, four outs, up-tempo play where Harden is kind of running things and everybody's playing at a, a, a much faster pace. It's actually a worse matchup for the Celtics, but you throw Embiid out there and it's weird to say because he's the MVP and he deserved to be the MVP. I wouldn't have voted for him. I would have voted for Jokic, but you know, whatever. It's not that I'm going to cry over Embiid getting it. He also deserved it. I think Jokic had a claim. I think Giannis had a claim. I think Embiid had a claim. So any one of those three guys getting it deserved it. And so he's the MVP. And it's weird to say, oh, yeah, you need to – the Celtics need to have that MVP out there because that makes it better for them. But the reality is Al Horford – matches up better against Embiid than he does against other guys in the perimeter. Uh, I think Horford is uniquely built to not stop Embiid. I'm not saying he's stopping Embiid. Uh, Limit him more than most guys can limit Joel Embiid. I think Horford generally does the best job on Embiid. He does a good enough job where you can send help in different ways, an occasional double digging down, um, just different, different types of, you know, hedging any of those things to kind of mess with Embiid's timing and and all of that. But the key is Horford being able to kind of hold his own as best as anybody can hold their own. Then you bring in Grant Williams and he's strong and he can kind of bang and he can keep a low center of gravity and make it difficult. And almost bait Embiid into shooting over the top of him because Grant is so much smaller than Embiid. And I'd rather have Embiid taking fadeaway jumpers than backing down or getting to the rim at will. So Embiid coming back sets the matchups up a little bit better for me. I, I just I think that's a better configuration. Then you can now have Jalen Brown. I suggested Jason Tatum. But Jalen Brown did a great job on Harden. Uh, you can stay home on these other guys a little bit better. You can help uh, on Embiid, but not leave your guy. You can get back to your guy. You can see the Celtics not abandoning guys and leaving them wide open at quite as much. Sure, it's going to happen from time to time, but it didn't happen uh, nearly as much as it did in game one. So the return of Embiid actually snaps some of the defensive rotations into place, in my opinion, and it allows the Celtics to play um, to play everyone else a little bit better. It, it's 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 weird to say, I know, but I think you saw that in this game. And now throw into the mix that Joel Embiid was clearly not himself. That knee is not healthy. He said after the game, "I was supposed to be out for four to six weeks." So I'm not going to be 100% for the whole time, or I'm not going to be fully healed for the whole time. So he admitted that right away. 
he's supposed to be out for four to six weeks, yet he's back in, what was that, uh, a week and a half? That's not going to cut it. Honestly, the Sixers would be better off just sitting in bead. Um, and if he's not going to be 100%, if he's going to be limited, but he's going to demand the ball as much as he gets the ball, you're not going to have Embiid out there as a decoy. If you're going to have Embiid playing 25 to 30 minutes, he only took nine shots, and he got to the line a few times, eight times. So he managed to score 15 points, but he was a minus 23. I mean, he was part of the – on the floor for the meltdown. He only had three rebounds. He did block five shots. I will say that he was pretty good defensively, and he protected the rim very well. Uh, good instincts, and he just – timed things really well. He got challenged. The Celtics, I love challenging the shot blocker. Maybe you got to get into his body a little bit more to force the refs to try to make a call. But he, he did he did defend pretty well. Uh, but at the same time, he was, that, that stretch in the third quarter, he really was actively hurting the Sixers. He was a real negative, and it was very obvious that he was a real negative for them in that third quarter. And that kind of played into why the Celtics got going. He's not in shape. He's not healthy. Philly's best chance at winning this series is going with a Harden-based attack. Sit and bead. Let these other guys try to cook. They clearly gave the Celtics problems in game one. I think they can give the Celtics more of a problem moving forward uh, if they do it that way. That's th They'll have a better chance of winning that series in that and beadless lineup than they would with Embiid playing. But Embiid's going to try to play, and Boston's going to end up winning this thing. This really felt like a Celtics-Sixers game. This felt like the pace that we normally see a Celtics-Sixers game played at. This feels like the exact type of thing. When I close my eyes and picture Celtics versus Sixers and Embiid on the floor, this is exactly when I when I was – extremely confident in my predictions in the crossover show. This is the type of game I envisioned. This is the type of style I envisioned. This is where the Celtics hold their matchup advantages over the Sixers. I thought that they did uh, a great job, like I said before, on, on both sides of the ball. And I think this is where their matchups really, really show themselves. Because if you can stay home and limit everybody else, then you don't you don't really run the risk of getting outscored. So Embiid scored 15. The rest of the team, so they had 87 points. Even if Embiid had 30, you throw another 15 points on there, that's 90, uh, 102. That's still pretty good, right? You hold the team to 102. So even if Embiid had a normal game, a 30-point game, and even if the Celtics had not this crazy run and they, they, they scored 10 points less, 15 points less, let's bring it to 15. Let's add 15 to Embiid and take 15 off the Celtics, and that's still 106 to 102, which kind of feels like how the Celtics beat Embiid teams. Five-point game, six-point game, seven-point game here and there. The blowout is a little over the top because the Celtics really got going in the third quarter and Embiid was a shell of himself. But 
the general defensive effort that they put forth on everybody else was really, really, really good. So you could you could have added a lot more Joel Embiid to this mix and still survived it. Even if the Celtics, if you take the Celtics back down to earth. Hey, by the way, I've done this show now for 20 minutes. I haven't mentioned Jason Tatum scored seven points and they won by 34. Al Horford scored five points and they won by 34. Let's get into some of these individual matchups next. First, today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is therapy, uh, all online, uh, convenient, and there to fit your busy schedule, your busy life, uh, just suited to you. I have gone through therapy. I'm continuing uh, to, to try to better myself in that regard. And look, it's it's something that I believe in. I believe in sometimes it's just maintenance, like your car. You've got to make sure that everything's running well. Sometimes you just got to talk through some stuff. Sometimes just talking to somebody that you know is going to keep uh, just, it's just things between you and them. There's a comfort in that. Or if it's a bigger problem, a family issue, something that's deeper for you, talking it through with a therapist is important, but you don't want to be searching around your area. You don't know what therapists are around. Is somebody within driving distance? Is that person any good? Does that person get you? Do you have a rapport? The good thing about uh, BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P, BetterHelp, is that you sign up, you do a little questionnaire, they match you with a licensed therapist. If that doesn't work, you can just switch. No charge, they just give you somebody else. So it's designed to be convenient and flexible. And because it's online or over the phone or over text, you just kind of tailor it to how you want to do it. So try it. I'm telling you from a personal experience, that balance that you need in life, therapy can be a real big part of it. So try it with BetterHelp. Uh, BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, slash LockedOnNBA. Sign up today. You get 10% off your first month. It's worth a shot. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash LockedOnNBA. Thank you so much for making LockedOnNBA your first listen. Uh, I recommend going over to Lockdown Sixers. They're going to have their perspective on this. We'll see how they feel after this game. But before I, uh, you do that, let's finish this podcast up right here. Uh, I said before, Jaylen, this, this was Jalen Brown's game. And Jalen Brown came in hot in the first quarter, but he kept it going. He just kept rolling. Uh, second quarter was was right there offensively. Third quarter, he was there off, uh, offensively. He was a big part of everything that was happening. 25 points, uh, 53% shooting, three of six. So nice mix, four free throw attempts, four makes, four assists, two steals, just one turnover. It's hard to, it's hard to get a better Jalen Brown game. And especially when you factor in the defense, that was, that was Jalen stepping up. And after game one, where Jalen was not good after the first quarter, he was not good. Uh, maybe he took it upon himself. Maybe he said, maybe he realized that he he kind of kind of fell asleep. He he did a classic Jalen thing in the in game one where it looked like he was just kind of not present. But game two, he was locked in from the beginning and uh just gave the Celtics that exact performance 
uh, man, all you need is 11 more of these. 11 more. 11 more defensive games. 11 more games like this from Jalen Brown. That's it. 11 more. And you can win a title. The team that we saw on the floor here can win a title. That team is not the frustrating team. That team is not the team that you question or fear anything. The team that took the floor and played 48 minutes on Wednesday night against the Sixers, that team, that's the championship team. And Jalen Brown is a big, big part of that championship uh, potential. Uh, Covered for Jason Tatum really, really well because Tatum was in foul trouble from the beginning. He had some good moments uh, at the beginning. He got to the line five times. So even though he was one of seven, he did get to the line five times, and he did have seven rebounds, even though he only played 19 and a half minutes. He did have three assists and a block, uh, but he had the four personal fouls, and he was just frustrated. The refs, you know, he he let the refs take him out of the game. And so uh, that was a rough one. But, hey, you know what? On the plus side, he played 19 minutes, scored seven points, and the Celtics won by 34. So – Take the day off, Jason Tatum. Relax. I'm happy. Before the game, one of the questions I had for Joe Mazzulla was, hey, is, is Jason Tatum handling the minutes load? Because he seems to be playing a ton of minutes. I know it's the playoffs, but playing like entire second halves or most of the second half where maybe you can dial him back by two or three minutes and just let him be more rested. Start to – this is like kind of like a, a, a layover – from the first game criticism or just a general criticism of, of Missoula, but start getting creative with your substitution patterns with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, especially Tatum, who's played a ton more minutes because Jalen's missed time. So he, he hasn't racked up as many total minutes, but third quarter around the TV timeout, three minutes to go in the third quarter, take him out at the four minute mark, sit him a minute, take the TV timeout, and then once you come out of the timeout, let the play start and you, you send Tatum to the table right away and he gets in at the next dead ball. So he sits for three minutes worth of timeout and all of that stuff, sits for a minute before that, and then sits for however long, could be 30 seconds, could be a minute, could be whatever. But you can get him sitting down off his feet for five minutes and have him really only miss two minutes of gameplay. So get creative. When you're resting Tatum, rest him around the quarter breaks. You know, if, if you don't want to rest him around the TV timeout, rest him around the quarter breaks or do both. Get him in for three minutes and then with 30 seconds left, if you can, pull him out. Get him another little bit of a break. Steal these little 30 second breaks for him while actually getting him more time on the bench. Let him sit for five minutes and four minutes rather than two and a half or three during the timeouts when he's got to walk off the floor and all of that stuff. It's those little, little things where you're only costing him a couple of minutes of game time, two, three minutes here or there, but you're really getting him a lot of extra rest. Do that more often. So, hey, but 19 and a half minutes in this game for Tatum is beautiful. Uh, Derek White came back to life. That's good. 30 minutes for him, 15 points. Five of nine, he stepped up really well. Marcus Smart, at the beginning of the, the, the game, he really was the catalyst at the beginning. Uh, it's funny, I saw a Bill Simmons tweet. Like, he, like he's complaining about Marcus Smart taking as many shots as Brown 
and Tatum combined, not taking into, into account that Tatum was in foul trouble and had sat for a bunch of that first half, and Smart was making his shots. He was making his shots. So 7 of 14, he just, in, in the second half, he just kind of took that back seat, didn't really do a whole lot. Uh, he was, let's see, one of two in the second half in 8.44. So obviously fourth quarter was all garbage time, but he stepped up in the first half when he needed to. In the second half, when the, the bench and Derek White stepped up, he just took kind of mostly a back seat. He took one shot in the third quarter, and, and that was it. Derek White took four shots in the third quarter, hit them all, scored 10 points. Malcolm Brogdon took five shots in the third quarter. All of them were threes. He hit three of them. He had nine points. Those guys combined for 19. Jalen Brown, three of eight, and that's it. But he had three assists in the third quarter and two steals. Big-time performance. That third quarter is where the whole game got broken open, like I said before. That's that's the key point in this game. Uh, the Celtics won the quarter 35-16, to 16, but it was the last four minutes, four and a half minutes or so, where they really got going. And once once one three started the fall, it's like the faucet turned on and, and Philly couldn't turn off the water. So Smart had a, a tremendous game. He left with the stinger, and he left with uh, a cut lip, but he came back. So typical Marcus Smart just getting his ass kicked left and right, but he did the job and and just a really, really good game. Marcus doing what the game needed him to do and not going too overboard when he was feeling it early. Perfect Marcus Smart game. Uh, we saw a little bit more Robert Williams, 21 and a half, but I think with, with Embiid in the game that was less – I think Robert Williams, I think you can still do a little bit more of matching Robert Williams against Paul Reed to, to have him be a little bit more effective. But he did a pretty good job. Seven rebounds. He had three offensive rebounds. He had three block shots, four assists. So I thought I thought the, the minutes that he played were, were generally pretty good. Uh, like I said, Brogdon was, was really good. The bench uh, outscored their bench by a ton. Like I said before, it was almost 30 points. Brogdon was huge. Uh, Grant Williams, shout out to Grant Williams. You know, got to give Grant Williams a little extra love here because four of eight from the field, all of them from three, four rebounds, four assists, a steal. Uh, it wasn't a, a a perfect game from Grant Williams, but he came in, defended Embiid well. This is exactly why I said Grant Williams, this was going to be a Grant Williams series, uh, and, and this, is, this is what I was looking at. Again, without Embiid, not as much of a Grant Williams series. Without Embiid, you got to bust out that Atlanta Hawks playbook and and kind of use that defensive kind of blueprint. But with Embiid in there, and this is why I say the matchup is is just better for Boston. You throw Grant, you throw Al at at Embiid, and you just wear him down, and you annoy the hell out of him. Grant did a really good job. I think Grant hit, you know, and for a guy who barely played in the Atlanta series and was not great in that game one stepped in here and did, did a, just a really, really good job. And so this is the, this is the exact type of effort the Celtics need. Uh, he grant was in on one play defensively where the Celtics, it was, it was a perfect defensive possession. And it was, you know, I want to say it was in the first half 
where they doubled Harden and it was a good hard double. And Harden didn't have the time to kind of meander and say, oh, I'm going to throw a pocket pass this way like he did in the first game. He had to jump and try to give the ball up because he was in trouble. So it was a good, hard, aggressive double with purpose. The stuff that I was talking about yesterday and after the first game. And the Celtics behind that did a good job of positioning and making sure that no one got a wide open shot. And then Grant, after the double team, saw the positioning and realized the guy in the opposite corner was wide open. And he sprinted to that opposite corner and picked up that guy, I forget who it was, and stayed with that guy. So when the ball was in the middle of the lane, that guy didn't cut and get an easy layup. That type of effort is exactly what the Celtics need. Like I said, they need 11 more games of this. 11 more games. That's it. It's not that hard. No reason to relax. No reason to take game three for granted. No reason to take game four for granted. No reason to relax. None. 11 more of these, of this type of performance. Even if Embiid plays better, this type of performance will win these games because you're not going to get this type of game from Tatum very often. And I'm a little concerned about Al Horford going one of eight from three. I'm a little concerned for that um, because a lot of those were good looks. That's something that Horford did a good job defending. I thought defensively he was fine. Offensively, though, he he has to get back on track. He needs to get some of these to fall, and he needs to uh, – I don't know what it is, if he's rushing it or what, but he needs to start hitting these things uh, to to make sure that he's not the guy that teams help off of. So mild concern. Before it was more just like, ah, eh, a little bit of a shooting kind of regression to the mean. Now it's mild concern. But even with, even with that great effort all around, they're going to win a ton of games. They're going to win a championship with this kind of effort if they do it every game. Game three is Friday night. I will be in Philadelphia for game three and for game four. So post-game podcast Friday night, bonus podcast after that game. So uh, make sure you're subscribed for that. Obviously, after Sunday's game, which is a 3.30 start, so it'll be a little bit of a more normal podcast time, uh, that's uh, that's going to be after game four. And hopefully the Celtics come back with a 3-1 lead. People got on me saying, oh, wow, you think the Celtics are going to win three games in a row? But like, they can. Hey, they do this again. They'll win. They'll win game three. They'll win game four if they do this again. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing the podcast and telling your friends that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.